Welcome to Discuss Detroit, where we have conversations with small business owners, community leaders, and Detroit residents about the city that we love. To watch video of these conversations, visit thecityinstitute.com slash discuss Detroit or follow City Institute on YouTube. Now for today's show. Today, our special guest is Kiana Wenzel from Design Corps Detroit. And hi, Kiana, how are hi, you? I'm great. How are you, Jeanette? Awesome. I had a good uh, Father's Day. It was really nice to spend some time with the fam outside. Yeah. Uh, how about you? It was great. I got to see my dad as well. So very thankful for that and uh, happy to be here today. So glad you could join us. So uh, I'm so glad to have actually got to uh, talk with you recently. And I feel like we could just talk forever and ever and ever. Uh, but I want to um, want everyone else to get a chance to get to know you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Give us your two minute life story. Sure. Kiana Wenzel. I'm the director of culture and community at Design Core Detroit. And I'm from Detroit, grew up on the Northwest side. I was first introduced to design at Cass Tech High School where I studied architecture. I then went on to study interior design at Eastern Michigan University, worked in residential for several years. I went back to school, Lawrence Tech, and got my master's degree in technical writing and professional communication. Since 2016, I've been working at Design Corps. I started out managing uh, Drinks by Design, which is a program that Design Corps produces monthly. It's a monthly gathering for Detroit's design community, and it will pop up all over the city, focusing on a different design discipline. So kind of like my two-minute life story. <laughs> okay, and I think I popped out there for a little bit of it, but um, hopefully the connection stays good for the rest of it. Um, so, uh, and so talk about um, growing up a little bit on the west side, right? Mm -hmm. I'm an east yep. sider. So, um, but, uh, uh, I and where a little bit where you about grew up and how you got interested in design. Yeah, so I grew up in North Rosedale Park, which was like my parents still live there today. Absolutely beautiful neighborhood. All the homes are uniquely built in brick. And I really think that it because of North Rosedale and the feeling that I had walking around that neighborhood as a child is what planted a seed in me as far as a career in design. Um, I just remember taking walks with my mom and my sister, like, oh, look at that house, it's so cute. Or look at the stone, at that, the windy streets, the trees. Also, I went to St. Mary's of Redford. It's a historic Catholic school and church on the west side of Detroit. And I remember going to mass on Wednesdays in this beautiful church and we would sing and all that. And so at a young age, I started to relate the visual environment and the built environment with feeling, emotion, and psychology. Um, I was fortunate to be able to take art in school. My mom was a Detroit public school teacher. So I always tell people, I literally like grew up in school. You know, um, she taught at Winterhalter Middle School, um, Linwood and Davison. So I would go there. And um, when it came time for me to go to high school, they said, well, you get to choose a curriculum. Do you wanna do like science or economics or do another language or would you like to do architecture? And I said, that's it. Like, I didn't really know what it meant to be an architect. I had never met an architect, never met an interior designer before, but I always knew that I had this connection to the built environment. Um, so I'm very thankful 
9th through 12th grade, was able to study architecture, then went on. Um, also spent some time at the DIA when in between my senior year in high school and college, I stumbled into the DIA, fell in love with it, and ended up volunteering there for several years and became a member of the docents committee at the DIA, where I would go and talk about the museum's permanent collection at assisted living places, at uh, local libraries, which was really like my introduction to design education and community. Because I feel like my, my passion and my sweet spot is kind of like the intersection of design, community, and economics. And so taking this docent class and volunteering with the DIA helped me to see how we would go into the community, talk about what was at the DIA to try to bring people to the city. It was kind of like a marketing strategy, really that outreach. I also worked at the Henry Ford Museum when I was in college. I interviewed there and I was a docent for like the Model T. Um, I was a 50s girl in Greenfield Village. So I got to like dress up in a 50s outfit and really kind of like use that narrative, that storytelling, um, art history, design history to educate attendees when they would come about our history and our region's rich legacy. So I just continued that work um, with my studying and technical writing, professional communication. I know that there's no shortage of ideas in the world. So I was like an interior designer, selling the interior, talking about fabric, asking my clients, how does this make you feel? How do you want to feel? Then I would go back and translate that into like a storyboard and a layout for them. Then I would come back to them and just basically repeat what they told me, but I was helping to interpret it for them. So that's when I really said, you know what, I want to take this skill and translate it so my designs can have a greater impact instead of helping somebody just with like their living room or their kitchen. What if I design something that could impact a million people? you know, or the world, like that's the power of design. Right. Um, so I love the work that I do at Design Core because I feel like my career is kind of over the past several decades, believe it or not, has um, led me to this point. That's so wonderful. And I mean, design is so diverse, right? I think that yeah. that's one of the, um, I mean, like all of those things that you just talked about, there were so many different aspects of design in there, but, but a lot of times people can think of it as this like, just this one monolithic artsy type of thing. Um, but talk about how, um, what design is and how mm -hmm. it does affect um, different, all different industries and, mm -hmm. and, and how it's such a big part of Detroit. Mm -hmm. Sure. I like to start with design is a process. So that's really, for me, design is a process. If it's an idea that you have in your mind, moving that idea, to concept phase, research phase, development phase, final implementation, then you're taking it to market, then it's on a shelf, then somebody's buying it, then you look at the life cycle cost of that product, you know, when we talk about upcycling and things going in landfills. So design is not one thing, it's kind of like an infinite process that continues to go on. Um, and we design products, services and systems. Oh, I think we lost her. But um, it really is amazing the amount of things that design uh, does touch. So she was saying products, services, and systems. Uh, the system side, it was a really, it was a really new and kind of eye opener for me. Um, 
I also want to make sure that we point out like how great when she, I wanted to talk when she was talking about the Detroit Institute of Arts, that we have these assets in our backyard that are, we totally take for granted. So um, the DIA is one of the best art museums in the country, if not the world. And we might have gone there as children or we might've been a couple times, but it's something I challenge people on tours all the time, um, waiting to really look I'm making sure people get in and actually know what the DIA has to offer because there's so many great assets there um, that people travel around the world for. Um, and what, like, we had the first Van Gogh in any United States museum. And the Diego Rivera fresco there um, is actually uh, the New York Times art critic said it was the closest thing America has to the Sistine Chapel. So, uh, welcome back. Hi, uh, I'm back. Technology. I was just giving a little bit of a, um, when you had mentioned the DIA, I there was, I just wanted to remind people how big of a asset it is that sometimes we take for granted. Um, but you were saying there are three, um, the three types of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So design, when a lot of people, one of the biggest myths is like design is just surface level. But people design services. Like I was recently, we had Detroit design listening session talking about the mobile COVID testing units. Mm. So who designed like for the mobile testing units to get out and test people, which is talking about population health. You had to like design a service when people drive up, what's going to happen, who's going to wear what, who's going to swap, who's going to, you know, so when you're service one, step two, step then one, step two of the yeah. service, and then the system would be like, think of Henry Ford and the Model T and the assembly line. Like if you have a good system that's efficient for productivity, it can change the world. Then you have like the product, the car, you know? And so thinking about design and those three parts, everything is designed. The school system is designed. Housing in neighborhoods designed, you know? So really think about design like that um, and then breaking it down into the different industries. That's my best definition. Design is a process. Yeah, no, that's so great. And I think that's, and that's why it's so great to have Design Core um, really get encompassing all of these different types and helping get the word out that it isn't just design, isn't just fashion, it isn't just art. Those are part of it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right. And I know myself, I'm not, you know, my brain is not a visual, that is not my uh, skill set. It's not that I have a lot of skill sets and I'm totally okay. No, I think it's important to know what your skill sets are and what they are not. And visual, like I can't remember what shirt I wore yesterday or what color the wall is in like where I work. I mean, I have like no, almost no visual memory when it comes to that. But working with, um, with designers and graphic designers, and uh, it is something you can get a little bit better at and, and start to notice. But if you but if you've never been introduced to it, uh, then it's really difficult. Um, but it also is. I thought I wasn't a design. Oh, I'm not design. I don't design. You know, I could never. But in this new way that we're we're thinking about it, mm -hmm. I'm designing tours all the time. I'm I'm you know creating creating right. So design is almost this other almost a synonym for creating. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, you've designed a process and a system for giving tours around the city that's educating, making a difference. Everyone is a designer by default. Right, and I think getting people to really realize that, that it isn't that. Um, and, and I love the example about the COVID mobile units because mm -hmm. 
again, it, it really impacts our, our daily life and, and like in public health and, and we just hammering that home that it is not solely this fluffy, you know, only surface level thing, like you mentioned, I think is really important. So um, what what are some of the programs that um, Design Core Detroit has? Yeah. Uh, what do you guys do? Yeah, sure. Core? Yeah. So Design Core was founded in 2010 by the College for Creative Studies. And we're housed at the College for Creative Studies. And our mission is to establish Detroit as a globally recognized and valued center for creative talent. So if someone is looking for a designer, locally, nationally, or internationally, we want them to source from Detroit. So we feel like that's our secret sauce, Detroit. And in order to move towards that mission, we support design-driven businesses. So our tagline is championing design-driven businesses. We are champions of Detroit design. And if Detroit design businesses are healthy, if they're growing, if they're scaling, then our city's region is going to be better. It's going to be more sustainable. It's going to be more equitable because research has shown that Detroit has one of the highest concentrations of industrial designers. You know, our region has some of the highest concentration of research and development facilities. Think of just the automotive industry. Engineering is engineering is part of design. Um, and with that, the research, you know, when I was talking about the mobile testing units, that was a partnership between Ford Motor Company and Wayne State University's like medical center. Dr. Philip Levy from Wayne State studying population health, leading the way. And then Kristen Welch from Ford Motor Company, they came together and collaborated on this mobile testing unit because Ford created the vehicle. This van that they can drive up, a tent pops out, has everything you need from testing. Then you have Wayne State saying, okay, when we get the swab, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Like that's design, that's the research, that's the development that's coming out of Detroit. We're leading the way in mobility and not just cars, getting from point A to point B, whether you're walking. We're looking at smart streets, you know. We're looking logo, logo, you mentioned. Logo, it, you know. <laughs> Expanded, yeah. Shout out to Lisa and Adriel yeah. at Mogo. You know, you see the bird, you're looking at ride sharing, whether it's I'm taking the bus and then I'm kind of taking Uber and then I may be riding a bike, you know, so different things like that. Um, that's all our region. But despite all that, we still have many struggles, you know. Yeah. So it's just about using design as a catalyst for more equitable and sustainable. Right now, Design Core is on a value of design campaign, helping businesses see that value is, design is good business. It saves you time and it saves you money as a business owner. One of our taglines at when we uh, Dehive, which was a collaborative project mm -hmm. um, of our organization and then the Build Institute grew out of there, um, but was that design is not an afterthought, right? right? That a lot of times people will, you know, small business might be tempted to, you know, Put some stuff together kind of quickly and then be like oh let's call the designer in and and have them try to figure you know like make a, a flyer or a logo or something and it's it's so much more about integrating into that and the systems and the whole everywhere right every part of a business it touches and when you said that when you bring the designer on at the back end then you miss out on that user approach and getting the user involved so once you sell someone on hiring a designer, because a lot of th people think they can design it themselves. I can design my own website. I could do it myself. So first we sell them on the value of hiring a designer. Then we say inclusive design. 
looking at the full spectrum of society, making sure that you're hearing from the community that you're designing with them, not for them. You're going to even have a better outcome for the business that you're opening, the product that you're launching, hearing from the community and inclusive design approach from the beginning is even better than just design. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and that, um, so, and then how does Detroit Design Month fit into this? So you have, mm -hmm. it, that's a big, I mean, it went from a week to a month. Yes, uh, yes, yes, about yes. That And the different pieces of it. Great. Yeah. So going back to our mission of establishing Detroit as a globally recognized and valued design capital, we have three departments within Design Core. The first is business programs, giving traditional business support to design driven businesses and then offering customized matchmaking opportunities where we're matching our designers with people who need design services that supply and demand. So if I'm launching a new business yeah. and I need a whole brand, uh, you know, not just a logo, but like really, again, what is the message that I want to be sharing with, with my, with the my future customers and the community that I'm in? So I could reach out to Design Core mm -hmm. and fill out a form, mm -hmm. and then you send that to uh, this network of design uh, professionals that can can help, right? And then they yes. do like like a process like they all different people apply oh i could help i could help and then is that how it works yeah De uh, design core has the detroit design network which is a membership-based network it's an interdisciplinary network so a variety of design services from emerging to establish so if you need design services you can let us know we'll post that to the network we have 106 designers in our network right now and uh -huh. it's growing like every month We'll post yeah. it to our network. These are all pre-qualified designers. So you know you're getting someone that meets like a standard. Then um, you could have three or four designers answer your call for the design services. Talk with them and find a designer that's a good fit for you and you're sor sourcing local talent, which is good for your business and good for our economy. So that's number one. And then number two is the Detroit Month of Design, which is the second department. I lead that department. So I'm curating the calendar for the Detroit Month of Design, celebrating 10 years. What a milestone year. The first festival was in 2011. Thank you. That's our logo for this year. Um, celebrating 10 years started out as a five-day festival in 2011. It was over 80 events that first year, just like everybody, all designers throwing in the hat, coming in. Since then, it's grown from five days to the whole month in 2018. We expanded. And now we've curated the calendar. So we still have about 55 to 60 events of all over the city. Events occur all over the city, September 1st through the 30th. This year, we are moving forward with a hybrid approach. Uh, we've been, you know, because of what's going on in the world, it's a year in a pandemic. That was be one of my next questions. So, like, how, did, how is how is COVID affected everything, and how are you how are you pivoting? Yeah, very interesting because our open call launched in February pre-COVID. Our open call closed April twentieth post-COVID, mm -hmm. and we weren't really sure. You know, when COVID really hit, were people still going to submit ideas? Were they still going to want to participate? We weren't sure. But I'm happy to report that our design community answered the call. We received over 166 applications in three categories. So it was very similar to last year. 
And in yeah. the events um, category, we received 79 applications. And then we launched an interactive design competition. We awarded one winner for that, Hook Studio. And then for our design in the city program, which is made possible to, through a grant that we received from Gucci North America and their Change Makers Council, we are launching for the first time Design in the City, which is a fashion and accessories program that right. supports um, fashion and accessory designers with an emphasis on women and designers of color to create an installation, get mentorship, technical assistance, and distribution opportunities um, in September during the month of design. That's so amazing. Yes. Um, so, wow. So, uh, so it's going to be, and obviously the thing is, it's difficult because we're changing, things are changing, information's changing, what's happening, you know, what people are comfortable doing is, you know, so it's got to make it extra difficult for you guys to be planning for something a few months away. But this hybrid idea makes sense, right? You could always ramp up and ramp down and, uh, and people, I think we're going to have, some online and virtual experiences that are gonna, um, you know, gonna be with us for a while. And I think, you know, with the tours that we're doing, and we're gonna be doing a tour focused on design and virtual tour this Friday. Mm. But um, and we've actually seen that there's some cool aspects to it, and make it people can join from all over. You might have higher attendance than ever for, yeah. you know, who knows? Um, mm -hmm. So that's really exciting. Is there anything, um, any particular? Uh, is the when is the is there a calendar or like a schedule that what's the timeline for that release? Yeah, August 1st, the calendar will be released early August, but we have about 55 to 60 events in seven categories. So we have exhibitions, experiences. Um, one experience is AIGA Detroit is doing a music by design event, 24 hours of music between Detroit, Chicago and Berlin, which will be really cool. Um, out of the exhibitions category, we have Soft House, which um, Chen Lee and Hayden Richard, they're Cranbrook alumni, and Chen now teaches at LTU. So they're looking at product design and furniture, landscapes of quarantine, um, Aaron Kelly and Amanda Morin. They're looking at, um, they're going to do a field school where people actually can kind of tour through some landscape areas, like a typical traditional field school, and they're going to combine that with an exhibition from the data that people collect um, on their field school. Um, Never Normal is an interesting title by Nur. She's one of our Detroit Design Network members looking at um, concept to final product, just looking at design as a process and imagination. Like what, what role does your imagination play? You can't design and create what you can't imagine so in this new society, everyone's like imagining, imagination is running wild right now because right. people are in this never know. Well, I want to go back to what was normal. It was never normal. You know, imagination. Oh, not, yeah. overdo. So exhibitions, experiences, installations, some outdoor yeah. installations. We're, we have a tour. A tour, Detroit We're Experience gonna Factory, downtown yeah. architecture tour. We have a yeah. youth track. For young people, we want them to consider design as a career option. And then we have some open studios. So those are uh, those are the seven tracks that we have this year and we'll have them tagged. So really the Detroit Month of Design, it's a multidisciplinary design festival that occurs throughout the city, September 1st through the 30th. And it's an opportunity 
for Detroit designers to showcase their latest works and ideas and highlight the reason why Detroit is the first and only UNESCO city of design. I love that fact. I love telling people that we are the first and only. I mean, that's huge, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, and one of only three. I mean, it's like one in Canada, one here, mm -hmm. one in South America. There are a total of over 31 cities. I okay. think they're close to 40 now, but they're all over the world. Um, Detroit's still the first and only in the U.S. So yeah. Montreal, um, Mexico City, I was able to go there. St. Etienne, France, Helsinki. Graz, Austria, Cape Town, South Africa, Singapore. We so had, you can go to our website and check out the map. Yeah, we had leaders from Graz come and we did a, a whole, like we, they were here for a week and we did a, helped with a learning journey. We do these things that are kind of beyond tours where it's, uh, tours are really great and we have, you know, our art and architecture all the time or neighborhood tours. Um, but our learning journeys are more like a day or two days or multiple days and create an entire more holistic thing. And we had a great time with the, yeah. the leaders from Graz who really came to learn from Detroit, both on the design side, but a lot mm -hmm. around entrepreneurship. That mm -hmm. trip was really focused, um, on our entrepreneurial ecosystem, which of course, you know, the design businesses are a really big part of. And again, there's that word system, right? How do you, um, you know, how does a city support entrepreneurship? And we had Christiane from Build Institute on recently as well um, to talk about it, but it all, it all goes together, right? But it's, mm -hmm. you know, entrepreneurship design and but the bigger part i think that people don't realize because we're so in our own you know silos and focused in our day-to-day -day stuff which makes sense but that the world is paying attention to detroit that the world wants to learn from us and sometimes you know we think man we've got a lot of messed up stuff what are people how what can people learn from us necessarily right um but Jeanette was just saying, what can the world learn from us? But we're still here. You know, we've had our ups, we've had our downs, um, but we never give up. And what's great about being a UNESCO city of design is that designers are creative thinkers and doers. And when your city is facing challenges, like we are now and like we have in the past, you rely even more on your design community to create the services, systems and products that can help launch you and propel you into the next generation and serve as an intervener. You know what you were saying, Jeanette, about um, people look to us and we think that, oh, you know, you're looking to us and all of this. And I just say that that's why designers are needed now more than ever because and what's great about Detroit is that we are overcomers. We don't give up, we're persistent. And, you know, we bounce back, you know? Yeah. yeah. And the challenges that we faced over the year, like there is, you know, the, and there's all sorts of things, but like scarcity breeds innovation. I mean, we have had scarcity, but we, that is why we have amazing amounts of innovation and, and, and inspiration, right? Like mm -hmm. we just have to do it. So people, whether it's mow the lawn next to them because it wasn't, be, you know, or, or start, you know, Rebel Now we talked about mm -hmm. earlier, like how can we help create some, uh, you know, connect, jobs, but it's not enough to create a job or create this awesome jewelry, by the way, for those that aren't familiar, that takes um, 
graffiti paint that has fallen down off, off murals and walls and makes jewelry out of them, but hires people who, um, women especially, that need um, that need a job, but also provides financial literacy and childcare and wraparound services. I mean, this whole, that doesn't exist in other places because people didn't need to, to some extent, right? So that, and I think that's what we're seeing you know, now too, but that's why the world is looking, has comes to us. And that's why at City Institute, we shared lessons learned from Detroit mm -hmm. because we have a lot to share with the world because of that ability to just keep on keeping on and get stuff done and step up and work together. Honestly, mm -hmm. that's a huge part that I find people telling me from when they come out from other cities that, that you're not going to see a bunch of designers working together on things, you know, or artists working together as much in other places or small business owners. But there really is this desire to have an impact on, on this city that we all care about. And um, I think that's really special. That is, yes. Design is intervention. Mm. You know, how can mm. a designer intervene and help things from going from bad to worse, you know? Right. Well, and what role, um, you know, design has been a big part about fighting racism and injustice mm -hmm. throughout history. And, right. and right now, what are, how do you see that role? Uh, and what are some examples of how mm -hmm. design can have a positive impact? Yeah. You know, um, we've seen a lot of, I would say, like, visual um, communication recently. Mm -hmm. Look at the Power to the People mural by Hubert yes. Massey, you right. know, or even the design of like the Charles Wright Museum, you know, and one thing that I was pointing out when you're talking is I'm on the leadership team for the National Organization of Minority Architects, which was founded in Detroit in the 1950 years ago, in the 1970s, I believe it was 1971 at an AIA conference because, because our region has one of the highest concentrations of designers, including architects, it only makes sense that we would have a higher concentration of minority architects. There's very few minority architects licensed, especially African-American in the United States anyways. And we're working on, that's what this organization NOMA is all about. Yeah. And so um, 50 years ago at an AIA conference in Detroit, NOMA was founded by seven black architects who had never met each other and said, we need to stay in contact with each other. We need to well, support each other. And how do people not know that, right? I mean, that's one of the, that's why when we do our tours, it's about locals and why need to know about our own, where our own history, right? Where we're yes. from. We actually partnered with NOMA to do a black history, a black architect tour of Detroit, right? Um, and I think we're going to be doing that one again, too, because there's so much. I uh, went just adding it also into our, our regular architecture tour, right? It means it's important to, to have the, um, you know, black architect voices, you know, talked about in Detroit of all places. Mm -hmm. um, so that's amazing. Yeah, and also, you know, Noir Design Party, yeah. Burton, Sandra Little. So when we talk about design justice, I like to go back into what goes in a studio is what comes out of a studio. And so when we think about the pipeline and having more diversity, if we want our built environment and our exterior to be a reflection of our community, we have to make sure that we have more diverse is represented in the design studios, more represented diverse um, voices in the classroom. When it comes, I was very fortunate to be able to study architecture in the ninth grade. That helped me move, I moved through the pipeline. Now I'm a practitioner. 
Now I have a responsibility to help the next generation of designers say, hey, consider design as a career option. I public speak at Detroit Public Schools and the title of my talk is The Power of Design. I look at these high school students, I said, look, everything around you has been designed. This building has been designed, the chair that you're sitting on has been designed, the table you're riding on, this, this presentation that I'm, everything around you has been designed. But the problem is, is that we're not always involved in the process. We're all users, but do you have a say in the design of that? So when it comes to design justice, some of it is non, it's qualitative. You know, like what are your hiring practices? Are professors supporting, you know, minority students on the college mm -hmm. level in a classroom? Because to get a design degree is expensive. You have right. a lot of supplies. If you want to become an architect, you have to take a lot of exams, getting an internship. So it's looking at hiring practices. Um, then, you know, as far as getting like licensed, just give it, you know, so lots of barriers. It's a I lot of barriers with design. Um, and it's every industry. If you look at all design industries and look at diversity levels, whether it's advertising, architecture, transportation, it's low representation. And that starts to show on the outside in the built environment and what we see. And so I think one way to start is with young people. We can't change the past, but we could influence the future. Amen, so let's yeah. make sure we're mentoring young people. We're giving them an opportunity to internship. You know, we're doing workshops. We have a free, NOMA has a free virtual architecture camp that we're doing in August. So it's lots of camps around. You know, I know Brooke Middlecott is doing the junior sketch battle where he's getting young people interested in like automotive design and transportation and things like that. So, um, and then I also, when I went to a NOMA conference a couple of years ago, there was a lecture on metaphors, monuments and metaphors, where you're looking at the built environment. You see a lot of these sculptures being taken down or naming conventions when you design a building. You know, we did have um, the president talking about changing the federal mandate on architecture styles to be European classicism. That nonverbal communication is stronger than verbal communication. Yes. You can yeah. speak without speaking, Jeanette. So yes. when you say, when you restrict someone's visual voice, that's oppression. So when you say you can only design public buildings in one style, that's a European classicism style, it's a lot of people that you're leaving out. So, yeah. you know, jazz mm -hmm. can be transferred into architecture style. Hip hop can be transferred into architecture style. You know, Latin music could be translated into architecture style. So when you think about culture, you think about community, you want the built environment of that community to be reflective of its people. So as you're building over time, a city only looks the way that it's done, it does because the people hopefully have had a say in it or it's gonna look like whoever's been able to design it. And so right. that's really truly design justice. You have kind of like in the boardroom, in the classroom in order to get that on the other side. That's, and that's a really amazing. I mean, a lot to think about and you're right. I mean, like the, who has designed all the, everything so far, right? I mean, it was old white guys, right? right. For, right. The, for the vast majority of, of time. Uh, and yeah, that's, wow. So, I mean, it's such an important part of this conversation right now. And I also, and I think to your point too, like, I, like designer, I mean, if you think of, 
you know, the, the posters that people are holding up in marches, you know, mm -hmm. or, or what are people sharing on Facebook, like, or Instagram, especially, I mean, there's when I feel like the, the strongest, um, you know, things that can really change people's minds are, our designers, our designers mm -hmm. creating these pieces that really speak to people, whether it's, you know, infographics of breaking down systemic racism or, um, or even just, you know, seeing a poster that inspires or even Black Lives Matter, mm -hmm. you know, as a, as a message and then how it's on, you know, that's all design, right? I mean, and, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think, I, I'm now like just talking with you has made me just realize just how important design is. I mean, I always knew it was important to some extent, um, but I'm just continually learning uh, mm -hmm. that that it really does touch everything. And and this part, you know, this design justice side, I really want to look more into that because mm -hmm. and learn more about it uh, and get more people knowing about it because I think, you know, all the things that you said are right on with. We got to teach the children. Uh, you know, the children are our future, right? I know, I know. Mean, I know. Uh, so <laughs> we both moms, so we know that. Yeah. 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 Uh, and but but it's like that. I think there's like 99% invisible podcast, right? But it's the idea that design, good design is like you don't necessarily notice it, right? Because mm -hmm. it's part of your the fabric. But getting people to notice that this fabric wasn't necessarily built for them uh, and that they should have a, a role in it, I think, you know, could be really, really awesome. Mm -hmm. um, so before we wrap up, I just want to give you an opportunity to, um, because again, we could just chat forever. I know, I know. Doing that. Um, what what can people do to help in anything, whether design core, what do you want to, what, what's the call to action um, about any of the topics that you've talked about or anything you haven't talked about for that matter? Yeah, sure. So my number one call to action would be if you need design services, no matter what it is, please contact design core. We could connect you with a member of our Detroit Design Network source local talent if possible. Number two would be please mark your calendar for the Detroit Month of Design, September 1st through the 30th, celebrating 10 years. And this is really a platform to showcase the latest works and ideas of Detroit's design community on a local, national, and international level. Second, I would say, uh, lastly, I would say, Everyone um, just advocates and protests in their own way. I just want everyone to know that every individual act that you do uh, matters and being kind to people, being open-minded. Um, our values at Design Core is collaboration, be willing to collaborate, be willing to hear diverse experiences and be accessible you know, because being available for you today and just sharing this message, hopefully I inspire somebody, you know, Absolutely. and how you spend your time, how you spend your money kind of shows where your values are. And I think this day and age, you know, going through this crisis, social unrest, health crisis, it's really kind of like stripping people down and say like, what's the purpose of what I'm doing? Where, where do my values lie in society right now? Um, so we're always looking for volunteers. So source local, attend month of design, try to try to be a good person and stay open-minded. So that's my call to action. Those are great call to action and very doable. And that's the thing is that there's, 
people out there, if you're listening to us, right? Uh, it's just something, do something, right? And there's a lot of opportunities to do something. Again, support, uh, you know, black businesses in the city, you know, support local designers, um, volunteer. I think that's great. There's a lot of people looking for ways to volunteer uh, and uh, design course at design, www.designcore.org uh, here on the screen um, is a great place to start. Uh, and thank you uh, so, thank so, you. so much uh, for joining us. Yeah. Um, and we look forward to seeing uh, seeing everybody back on another episode of Discuss Detroit. And don't forget to follow City Institute on Facebook uh, and Instagram and Twitter and uh, Detroit Experience Factory also, but definitely Design Core. And I guess I should also plug too, it's a nonprofit. So I'm sure you also take donations. Uh, yes, yes. Too. So, you know, some people, that's the way that they can support and that is always welcome. So, um, so Design Core as a nonprofit, um, you can you can definitely donate there on the website as well. Well, thank you so much, and um, you, we will talk very soon. And uh, please let us know uh, if, if we can be of any help moving forward. I'm sure we'll be chatting about a bunch of different things uh, between now and Design Festival. Yes, thank you. All right, have a great day. Bye bye. You too. Bye. Bye.